Well, what is up and welcome to session three of the Change Workshop, Jim. Welcome back. Thanks. It's like I never left. <laughs> it's like we just have been sitting here this whole time. Uh, yeah, it's been great so far. One thing we wanted to let you know right up front is something kind of exciting. Uh, we, we build planes while they're in the air sometimes around here. And so we decided to change the home base for all of the content for the Change Workshop uh, because we wanted it to be way more accessible. We wanted it to be so accessible uh, that it was hard not to find it and hard not to send it to friends and hard uh, to not engage with it all. So. Um, yeah, we're going to drop a link in the chat. It is really hard to remember, so I'm sorry for that. It's missionmentor.com slash change workshop. So there you go. If you go there, uh, what it's going to be is, you know, we'll have the uh, next live stream, uh, you know, information up top. But then you'll have session one, session two, session three. You'll be able to go each one, and it's all going to be there. One of the things I, like, love about the change, yeah, change workshop. There you go. Sorry, one of the things that I love about how you've made the content accessible on there is the timestamps. So mm. seriously, being able to go thank back. YouTube for this specifically, but hey, also and I, quick, too, I had but. to check text messages for those of you that don't know, like <laughs> I I've for the last hour been trying to figure out, so I met someone today that reminded me of a celebrity and I've, and I, this is what we're doing. And right I, now? Yeah. And okay. I just, this okay. is important. Like, <laughs> just want to make sure we were doing this for who it was. And I showed, I finally found a picture, and then you were no help. I showed a picture, and you're like, "No, oh, I was I no help at all." That's not my so thing. So my wife just texted me the name. This is like her super. You texted power, her so. like four minutes ago, though. Oh yeah, yeah. But now I can rest easy. I mean, full. <laughs> <engaged now, because laughs> now we're I'm ready, not, everybody. Thank you. This is why you stamps. come live because yes, you get to see yeah, this, yeah, and I might cut it out the after. Timestamps are amazing. Make the content super easy to go back, and like there was that yeah. part that I wanted to watch again. It literally, yeah, it's right on there. So literally, you'll just go, and it'll say, you know, three. 42 michael talks about this and you click on it and it'll take you right to that spot in the so video great. it's super helpful uh, i think it's really nice because you get to kind of review the parts you don't have to just sit and watch the whole thing again you're like how did he say that and what does the lim- what's a limbic system and does it do that or that you get to just go straight to the part so it's all there uh the coolest part i think uh one of the coolest parts since you're here live right now especially if you are uh is you can follow along with the notes while it's happening, which I think is really cool. So depending on your device setup and how that all works, uh, what all you're watching on, you can go to that, missionmentor.com slash change workshop, go to session three. Obviously the replay is not up yet, but the notes are there. Some reflection questions are there. The conversation stuff is there. It's all there in advance, except for the replay. We'll add the replay by tomorrow. Uh, But yeah, that way you can follow along with the notes so you're not scrambling to write down the exact wording anymore, which I think makes it a lot easier. I'm going to interject something just to see if they can hear me now. So apparently they muted me. Uh, They knew I was going to go off topic. And uh, just muted me in advance. So. Yeah? No? So I'm just, just you? Just me. Yeah. Oh! I know. Yeah, don't get, don't get a <laughs> big head. Yeah, don't get all puffed up. This yeah. is great. Anyway, uh, this is a good day so far. So, so keep working in on that it. case... You can keep running. Um, throw to the video wanna, We can just do this. Oh, gosh. No. See, here we go. Over and over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one other thing is that we'll throw another thing in the chat. It is a link um, to submit questions for Michael. So obviously you can throw links in the chat uh, while we're going tonight. Uh, we'll try and hit those as we debrief between video clips. Uh, but sometimes it's above our pay grade. Maybe most of the time it's above our pay grade. So we've been working on a way to get some question and answer sessions in with Michael. Uh, we're working on those over the next couple weeks. So the more questions, the better. We've gotten a couple really helpful ones so far. Uh, so we're going to throw a link in the chat. I submitted like five. Because you said you've um, been using it as your own personal. Usually I'm like, I should, I should ask him that. And I just 
put it in that form because why not? Uh, but we'll throw a link in the chat. You can uh, submit a question on there. And then also if you throw in your contact info, we'll reach out to you personally. And, and if you want to actually talk to somebody about something. Uh, but otherwise, submit those. Follow along with the notes, missionmentor.com slash change workshop. And hopefully you can't hear Jim because he usually doesn't say anything. I'm back now. Short oh well, way. well, it was nice while it lasted. Here we go. We're dumping it or jumping into the deep end as usual. Uh, grab your notes, grab a pen and paper, uh, grab your thinking cap. Uh, tonight we're going to start off with loneliness, the limbic system, and true and false beliefs. So here we go. Now we're going to talk about being able to move on by taking out the trash of our past, uh, healing these heart wounds that are sabotaging our attempts at success. I think the main thing that is sabotaging our ability to live out of our true self is loneliness. There's so much research on this. You know? And it's the number one cause of relapse. When I work with the people who are running the rehabs that are using Genesis, and we do relapse you know, tracking what causes people to relapse. By far, the number one thing that causes people to go someplace they didn't want to go and relapse and, and, and really sabotage all the hard work they've done in recovery is loneliness. So loneliness is such a powerful negative state of being that it causes us to increase our levels of high blood pressure, heart disease, obesity, we have a weakened immune system, anxiety, depression, cognitive decline, uh, Alzheimer's disease, premature death. And it's estimated that loneliness can shorten a person's life by up to 15 years. It's as devastating on our health, and this is just physically, okay, as, as obesity and smoking. So remember we talked about adverse childhood experiences, you know, and how they affect us, these are pretty much some of the same symptoms, aren't they? So you see that adverse childhood experiences causes us to be more lonely, which is like putting out a fire with gasoline, right? So um, loneliness is also the number one cause of depression and suicide. We thrive in relationships. Alone, we merely survive. You just really can't get to be who you want to be, okay, or to where you want to go alone. And I think it's a frustration for, for most of us, you know, is we know there's a potential in us. There's a, there's a potential that we have, and that once that, that God-given, you know, talent that God gave us, you know, tries to manifest itself, something sabotages it, okay? Well, that's what we're going to work on in, in this session is how to get to these places that are subconsciously sabotaging our basically attempts at success, not only with just our ministry, but especially in our relationships. And so ways we isolate. Anger. Okay. Anger is probably the most effective, one of the most effective ways of, of isolating because what does anger do? Okay. What's it there for? It it makes people afraid of you, okay? Yeah. So they can't get too close to see the fear or the shame or the, or the vulnerability that's underneath the anger, okay? And of course, the person doesn't really experience, you know, or feel the shame, 
you know, or the fear. All they, the limbic system reacts before you're even aware of what it's reacting to. This is why it's so hard to change. Codependency. Now, codependency is relationship addiction. Okay, we're going to deal with that in depth in one of the uh, sessions. But codependency is able to, is a control issue where you try to have to control other people's lives in order for me to be okay. So how do you feel when somebody tries to control you? Okay? You rebel. So it, it, it isolates. It drives people away from us. Okay? And defensiveness, of course, same thing. Control issues. Okay, Depression. People are depressed. They they don't want to be around you, you know, because you're, you know, Eeyore, you're, you're a downer, you know, and so it can really cause us to isolate. Not only that, when you're depressed, you just really kind of want to be alone in it, and that's one of the hard things about loneliness is it's so easy to get to be used to it, okay? just to get normal, okay? Okay, workaholism, you know, you don't have time for relationships, you know, you're focused and workaholic. Okay, electronics, of course. Electronics are probably one of the main ways we isolate because we're needing, our, getting our needs met from artificial kinds of stimuli and relationship. We're being entertained. So temporarily, you know, anesthetize the awareness of being lonely. Okay, TV, of course, okay. Social media is, is, is a big time. It's, once again, it's artificial relationships. And it's important because 80% of what we communicate is nonverbal. And so when we're having relationships by texting or social media or, you know, Facebook and all that kind of stuff, we're, we're only getting 20% of the content. It's, your, it's your, your body language, your facial expressions, you know. In the 60s, it was your vibes. And, you know, man, that dude's got bad vibes, you see what I mean? And, but sociologists tell us now that we're becoming a socially retarded generation because we don't know how to read social cues. And because we don't know how to read them, okay, and we feel awkward, we avoid them. Okay? So you can only really have relationships in one-on-one in -on -one live contact. You know? Okay, this is one that's prevalent right now. Is political or religious extremisms. Okay, uh, someone who's a right-wing Republican or a left-wing uh, Democrat, you see what I mean? And in our, in our, the politics right now is just so divisive that we're losing relationships. There's a proverb that says, how far can two uh, men walk together if they don't agree? You see? So, I mean, have you ever been in a religious argument, I mean, or a political argument? Okay. Yeah. Did you ever win one? Yeah. But what it does, you might win the argument, but you lose the relationship. Yeah. And I am watching that play out like like crazy around the country on you name the issue politically, and it's causing so much division. Right. When like what Christ has called us to is unity, mm -hmm. and He prayed for it for us. Right. You know, and uh, man, I I think. It, and it, it lets us isolate into our own echo chamber so we can hear and being reinforced into the view that we have and everyone else is dumb. Right. So, yeah. All right. Pornography. Okay. We're going to get to that in a little while. But this is epidemic undercurrent that's destroying our society in so many ways. Okay. Religious legalism, pharisaicalism, okay, is, is the opposite of grace. Yeah. And the next one goes with it. Because the thing we fear the most 
is being judged. It's subconscious, but will isolate in so many ways is the fear of being judged. And you know why? Is because judgments create heart wounds. Okay? Because a judgment isn't what you did. It's the kind of person you were that did it. Of course, Jesus goes big time into this. One of the scarier scriptures in the Bible is that do not judge, you know, being in Matthew 7, do not judge uh, because in the same way you judge, you will be judged. In the same measure that you measure others, it's going to be measured to you. I'm looking for grace on that one, you know, as a recovering Pharisee, you know, which is what I am. It really is true, you know. Hardest recovery I've ever had to been, you know, judgments, are relapses for me. So I only relapse maybe 50, 100 times a day. Yeah? But it's being intentional, being safe. Let me finish the thought, okay? And then what does Jesus say? He says, you hypocrites, take the log out of your eye so you can clearly see the speck in somebody else's eye. And what this is, and I had an old teacher way back in, my 60s, in the 60s you know, teach me this. He says, the goal of life is to remove your filters. We all see through a filter of our judgments and, and our self-righteous belief systems, really, you know, whether you're a right ring, you know, like Republican or left ring, you see the world through that, see? So it keeps me from being able to see who you are. For example, you know, a pastor, maybe I have a lot of pastor wounds, you see what I mean? So I'm going to be guarded and I'm going to see you, not for who you are, but from the filter of being vulnerable from what, you know, pastors, you know, have, have done. So the goal, okay, is to do your best to try and remove the filters so you can see life and people for what they really are, you know, not through these judgments. Okay? And so judgments are probably the most powerful unconscious things that we avoid. And that's why we try not to be too vulnerable in certain areas, you know, with what we're struggling with, because someone could come on and, and say, well, you, you, the reason you're that way is you just don't have enough faith, you know? If you had more faith and you read your Bible a little bit, you wouldn't be so screwed up, you know? You know? Well, you know, not only me, but everybody else in the group will, will never take that risk again. And that's one of the ways, you know, that we do in the Genesis Change groups is we make this safe, this safe environment which is very interesting because when the environment's safe, the limbic system, the heart will begin to reveal its secrets. Mm. See? And, and when, but when it's not safe, it's not that you can't, you don't want to reveal them, it just won't reveal them. And that's one of the things why the groups are so important because it's not safe to reveal your secrets, okay, and the vulnerability of them alone. And limbic systems won't let you. See? It won't make, make you. It won't let you make changes that that involve risk, because it avoids risk, right? Fear and pain, you know, unless you're supported and accountable. And that's why, you know, this these systems that we have work so much. You know, like Genesis. You know, we don't have any marketing or anything. We're in 14 languages, because we have something that actually actually works. Yeah, shocker. It works. So, um, I, I just want to go back to even just the humility for you to say a recovering Pharisee, and I have to keep fighting that on a daily basis. Because I think sometimes we, you know, we use 
recovery language and we think it's those people that have those issues versus me people that have these issues. And uh, I just, I think it's really helpful to keep coming back to that we're all in working on like the patterns that we've built in and the recovering from that back, trying to get back to that whole human that loves God and loves people. So you see, keep doing this. I have another speech on that. (laughs) (laughs) Is the relationship you want with somebody who is self-destructive, you know, is, you know, you don't want to condone or enable their behavior, okay? But when God does his work and the prodigal gets with a pig and wakes up, you know, that you would be the person that they would think of to go for help. But if you've had judgments and unsafe and, you know, whatever it is, then they won't come to you. So that's your goal is to be such a safe person, you know, that you don't condone what they're doing, but you love the person. That's what Jesus did. You see, I mean, you know, he's our model. You know, he, he never really dealt with the sin. He always dealt with the sinner. He never dealt with the, uh, the effect. He always went after the cause, you know, into the heart. Okay. So, because uh, he knew he was going to speech. He knew he was going to pay the price. So he's like, "I've got. I know where I'm coming. I know I'm here because yeah. I'm going to pay the price for your rebellion." But I care about the person. That's right. And I want to get to there because I, I can pay the price, but I want to impact the person. Yeah. So you have a speech on that too. <laughs> you got as many speeches as I do. Probably we'll have a speech contest sometime. Yours are yours are better. So yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Uh, addiction, of course, separates us because we have secrets and we don't want anybody to know. And, of course, if you ever try to confront somebody that has an addiction, you know, they'll make you sorry and that you did it and you'll never want to do it again. See? And that's Olympic things, eh? the, the reaction, okay? So secrets, of course, we're going to deal with that in one of the uh, future sessions and how powerful they are, okay? Uh, independence, you know, inability to ask for help, you know, um, I was raised by, you know, a German stepfather and the, the highest value in life was to be independent, you know, you know, you're, you know, be a man, you never cry, you never ask for help, you know, you can take care of your own problems, you're four years old, get it together, you know, and so, uh, obsessions, sports, hobbies, gaming, gambling, it's another way that we kind of, you know, try to cover up the empty place, you know, and, and none of those things are bad, but of course, when they're obsessions, okay? And that's, you know, one of the things we learn, you know, from, from Paul, who struggled, okay, right? Thorn in the flesh and all that, is uh, he says that all things are legal, but not all things are profitable. All things are legal, but I won't be conquered by any of them, you know? So I was talking with Ruth about this at break, you know, it says, you know, if there's good addictions, you know? So all things are legal, but... Not all things are, we don't want to be conquered by one. So, you know, the real goal of living is moderation. Because when we get out of moderation, then the limbic system begins to equate it with survival. It becomes a habit. And then, you know, then we actually lose part of ourselves. Okay. Online shopping. Okay. A lot of people spend all day doing that. Okay. By far, the number one thing that causes us to isolate is sabotaging belief systems about our ability to trust. So let's look at how that works. Okay. Uh, the limbic system avoids giving up survival, behavior, and, and emotions. Remember when we talked about the limbic system, we're talking about the heart. Okay. 
So denial, I don't have a problem, you know, and it, but it's a limbic protection to not see the problem because if I see the problem, I might have to deal with it. And the limbic system believes I need this problem in order to survive. So it, it does all sorts of very ingenious ways, you know, to keep the problem, which it believes if I gave it up, I'd be vulnerable and would threaten my survival, okay? The next one is procrastination, you know? Uh, I can do it later, not today. Yeah, I'm gonna quit smoking, you know? So I feel all this anxiety about quitting smoking, right? But then I say, I can't quit smoking today. It's way too sunny, okay? You know? Or it's raining or whatever, you see? So immediately, you know, limbically, I have a sense of peace now where I had anxiety, you know? Uh, one of my sons said, you know, it was a terrible procrastinator. He said, yeah, but dad, you know, procrastination makes you feel so peaceful. That's where I got this from. See, I couldn't figure that out, see? Because I was anxious about or avoiding doing something you know, I didn't want to do. And now if I avoid it, now I'm oh, now okay, see? I've got one of my friends that talks about a panic monster, like that I want to procrastinate, but then the panic monster helps me get stuff done because it increases my energy because I procrastinated, now I'm ready to do it because the panic monster's there. Don't take away the panic monster. That's how I'm productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the keys about procrastination is procrastination almost always results in a crisis. And some people like that because they get high on crisis. It creates anxiety and adrenaline and everything. So they set themselves up for it. It's like people, I know people who are always late. You guys know anybody that's always late? Right? You know, they're always late. Okay. Well, what do they get from always? What do they get from always being late? What's it feel like when you're late? Grief. Huh? <laughs> Grief is what I get. Yeah. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> no. But what's it feel like when you're late? Like I owe. I'm rushing. I owe. Yeah. You get a rush. You're stressed. You know. Yeah. You're getting. You're getting energy from it. So you set it up. You set yourself up to get that energy. Amazing, huh? How we're wired. These things. Okay. Confusion. Yeah, I had a client once who, who was, we have something in a session, you know, they give all clarity and, and get, you know, get the thing. Next week they'll go, oh, I don't know how that was, you know. But confusion is a limbic response because when you're confused, you don't have to act. Okay? I just don't understand. Okay? As long as I'm confused, you know, if I'm not confused, then I have to actually do something. So it's, but this is unconscious limbic protections okay so defensiveness of course back off you know it's a you know you know if if my wife wasn't such a nag i wouldn't i wouldn't drink you know so it's, you better be careful she's pretty tough so. <laughs> okay so defensiveness you know keeps keeps people from from confronting you about you know, the problem that's affecting them, okay? And of course, the other one is self-justification. This is probably the main one that you have to break through in the beginning of trying to help somebody, you know, uh, get free of a destructive behavior because we're always justified, you know, like food addicts. Well, it's nobody's business, you know, how much I eat or how much I drink or, you know, I'm justified, you know. Uh, you know, my dad was, you know, a bad person, so, you know, it's okay for me to, you know, drink or do porn or whatever, whatever it is. So, so that's the first part is breaking through, you know, the reasons in their mind that it's okay to do something 
that's so devastating, not only to them, to everybody around them. Pretty powerful, isn't it? See, this is really powerful, see? So, you know, it takes an intentional kind of focused program to break through this stuff. It just doesn't happen, you know, very often uh, on its own, okay? So, Real quick here, I think it's important to note that with 80% of communication being nonverbal, we have to use emojis when we text. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you didn't think it. I was going there, did that you? That solves it, yes. uh, I think it helps. I really do. I mean, there's like a lot of big difference between like, did you put a period at the end of that? Sure. Or is there no period? Or is it like sure with like a oh, yeah. raised no, hand? Yeah. Yeah. Like when I get a yell, like, I mean, it's, it's like, like uh, how dare you yell at me like that? You know, it's just yeah, something like that. For sure. Anyway, just a little <laughs> free advice there. Hey, they're, they're, uh, anyway. <laughs> this was this was deep. Like I had like my mind was racing a little bit with mm-hmm. the uh, specifically around the limbic system and its role it's, in this. We went down the rabbit hole like all the way on the limbic system in this one, and it, we were even talking about before yeah, the so, session. We're yeah, like, so he's like ways, when straight. he said ways the limbic system avoids giving up survival behaviors and emotions, mm-hmm. uh, the thought that our limbic system is controlling. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and emotions around false beliefs, right, right, is is fascinating With, and terrifying. That aren't real, yeah. So right. this idea that like. You know, the limbic system doesn't mature with me. My limbic system isn't like 30. It's just it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It, it's the same as it was. And so that idea that, um, you know, rejection becomes abandonment, like this, do we get there yet? I All of it's just in my head. No, wait, that's later. Oh, you're processing no, that was last out loud. Week. He's processing out loud right I now. I do this sometimes. Yeah. We talked about the emotions out of control last week, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Somebody help me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we did. Anyway, out. so this Nobody idea that, uh, <laughs> that uh, this is awkward, um, the, the, you know, rejection becomes abandonment. If I get rejected, I'll get abandoned. If right. I get abandoned as a two-year-old, I'm dead. Right. Yeah, we talked about that. And yeah, so this idea mm-hmm. that this survival brain is saying, you know, if, if so-and-so, if my friend, my family, my whoever rejects me, I'll get abandoned and die. And so I'm not going to let that happen. And so I get defensive and it's like, oh, well, that's just what I do because you made me mad. It's like, no. Right. So because of this whole other big thing back here that I didn't even right. think about. So when he yeah. talks about, he, he, used, uh, he said, I wrote it down, it's like the limbic system reacts before it is even aware of what it is reacting to. Yeah, yeah. This is why it's so hard to change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made me realize like how many times logically I can get to the emotion Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where I stop. Oh yeah, because I can't really process. And we're gonna be—he's gonna be going there in a second. So I don't oh, want to yeah. get too far yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, but one of the questions we got in here was around loneliness and isolation. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good question because it, it really those was. Are, those are different things. I think so, and I think even one helpful thing that I thought of with two different questions. We got two questions that was like, "Can you isolate when in the presence of people?" Uh, which I thought was really interesting. And then also the second question, you know, am I lonely or do I just like to be alone? And I think those are really important because one of the one Sorry, of the I was checking social there. media. I didn't hear what you just said. <laughs> so I, was one of the I was isolating <laughs> myself when I was around. <laughs> See, the object yeah. lesson. Yeah. That, was, uh, that was good. Uh, it was nonverbal and everything. You could use an emoji. I didn't even better, have my but... phone on. I was just merely lying now. Lying is one of the things. Uh, but that idea that, like, it, it's not even about the presence of people or not. The question is, am I, do I feel uh, free to be my authentic self with a person? That's what 
the app the the opposite of isolation is right it's authenticity it's not the presence of people that's necessarily the opposite of loneliness the opposite of loneliness yeah. thank you that's actually yeah that's better so authenticity is the opposite of and vulnerability is the opposite of loneliness um and so if i have a bunch of people in my life uh you know i i've i've always had a lot of friends in my life but i've been very lonely at times i think that's really important to remember i've also had fewer friends but real friends and better friends and I feel fine. Right. And so it's I, not I mean, about the number yeah, of people. Isolation can be an objective, like removal or segregation of something, and mm-hmm. loneliness would be a, is more of the subjective feeling right. of of disconnection. Of there's a book called Bowling Alone that I read bubble. back 20 yeah. years ago, and yeah, it yeah. talked about I think coined the term crowded loneliness. Mm. That you yep. can be around a crowd and still be lonely. You're in no way isolated, right? Because right? physically, you're in the proximity of other people. Which so. is why our hyperconnected world is such a lie, too. Because mm-hmm. we have plenty of people all the time. And I have access to plenty of people, and I can even be even quote vulnerable with everybody and share all of my things with the world. But I don't get that thing I need in return. Right. That thing of somebody actually seeing my authentic, vulnerable self and accepting me. Right. And that's yeah. the real question. So you, you uh, on on the website, missionventura.com slash change workshop, yeah. uh, you've put the slides. And so the slides are going to be so helpful, I think, mm-hmm. even just as I was looking at, like, the, the ways we isolate. That's a laundry <laughs> list of things. You know when it starts off in that tiny font, you're like, oh, oh we got a, a lot. lot of ways. Yeah, and it covers <laughs> such a broad spectrum of things. And then the, the five um, kind of responses, the denial, procrastination, confusion, yeah. defensiveness, like that's going to be some good introspective work this week to kind of go through those lists. So that's going to be great. Um, I think so. Yeah. Keep rolling. I think so. So yeah, we've talked, like we said, we went down the rabbit hole of uh, sort of what's going on in the limbic system, what's going wrong, why it's happening, the unconscious part, but all in general. Now we're going to start to lay the groundwork for how we start to apply this personally and how we get to the actual thing at the actual center of me that needs actual healing. So here we go. So this is where we go, okay? So thoughts and beliefs, especially beliefs, create emotions and they drive behavior, okay? So an example, let's do anxiety because that's, you know, an easy one, okay? So the emotions, anxiety, right? Well, in order to feel anxious, you have to believe something. In other words, you have to believe something bad's going to happen. I don't have enough time. I'm not going to do this. You know, people aren't going to like me or, you know, I'm going to lose my job or money or whatever it is, you see. So I have to worry about things to create anxiety, okay? And so, you know, that's one of the ways that we kind of almost cure anxiety is we ask a person when they're anxious or stressed, you know, which are another word for fear, aren't they? See, we call it name the sucker, okay? You know, what's it there for? So, so what do you believe that's causing you, that's creating the fear? You have to believe something in order to create the fear. Okay, let me finish, okay? okay? And then, of course, you know, the anxiety, okay, drives the behavior, like being controlling or eating too much food or drinking alcohol to try and, you know, to do, do, to alleviate the anxiety. You got a speech about that? No, I have a, so <laughs> I, no speech. I, where do you think most people or most programs or most people that are trying to change or have a desire to change, right. they want to change, where do you think they focus on these three? Well, okay. This is why I train counselors. Not, 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 you're, not what we're walking through in a change group, but right. we, what do, what do they default to try and change? 
versus getting to the deeper thing. Well, most of the people, they're only aware of the behavior, see, and that's, but this is, when I train counselors, I say, whatever you come to me, I got you. So you come to me with a behavior. Well, I say, what's it coping with? What's the emotion? Anger, fear, depression, you know, loneliness, okay? And then, so you come with, with emotions, and I say, what do you believe that's creating the emotion? Right. So what we try and do with Genesis, which maybe we'll do uh, after one, we try to go right after the belief system. Because you change the belief system, and the whole thing, you know, the whole cascade is destroyed. So that's the root. Thing. But but we get like we have pain points, and pain is a gift that helps us see the. But it's usually around behavior and its impact, right. and then we only try to fix the behavior. Right. And we don't ever get to the the other part that actually is the change. Because once again, it's, it's unconscious. That's it's good. a survival brain protecting, you know the whole root of this behavior because it believes you need this to survive. Remember, we, we talked about that, is that addiction is not about being, getting high. It's about, about feeling normal. The limbic system associates a behavior or emotion or a drug or something with being able to cope and, folk and, and be able to be normal. And so that's what addiction is about, you say, and that's where the brain starts to create that craving for that thing. So, Sorry, Michael, did you, did you say addiction is not fe trying to get, feel high, but trying to feel normal? Yeah. So you said, that's great. I just Yeah, well, people get high, they just get high. But when the limbic system says, I need to get high, okay, to, to be able to focus today, or I'm lonely tonight, so, you know, so, you know, I, I get into, you know, I, I, pornography, right? It's because... I'm, I'm bored. I'm lonely. See, and that's the other thing. See, boredom is different. And this is the main relapse for teenagers. You know, teenagers cannot stand to be bored. They're being stimulated constantly, you know, with music, you know, their phones, you know, the social media and all this kind of stuff. And you try to sit them down and, and they start to have panic attacks. See? See? So loneliness... It, I mean, boredom is different than loneliness because boredom is is a is a need for for uh, uh, intellectual stimulation. Okay, and boredom. Okay, I mean, loneliness is a need for relationships, and and, and basically only one kind of relationship that, that heals loneliness, and that's intimacy. Okay, real connected with somebody knows my inner world. And I know they're in our world, and, and and we're supporting each other. Okay, so so under this formula, if you want to change your behavior, what do you got to do? Change the thoughts and beliefs. Right. Okay. And so the goal is to replace these self lies. You know, like I don't need anybody. Okay. Or no matter how hard I try, it's never going to be good enough. See, these are survival lies. We we call them. Okay. And. And these are distorted belief systems that come out of painful experience. Main one we talked about is I can't trust anybody. I trusted maybe over and over again and kept getting betrayed. See? So, you know, limbic system says, well, trusting is, is a bad thing. It makes you feel horrible. So we're not going to do it anymore. So that's where, you know, self-gratification behaviors come in. Okay? So... And this is, of course, you know, 
with the renewing of the mind, and, and Paul talks about it, and Jesus talks about it too. And, and, and true beliefs will create true feelings, thoughts, and behaviors. And what are true beliefs? That I'm valuable, that I have giftings, you know? And, and, and especially, you know, how do I know that I'm valuable? Of course, even though I was treated horribly as a child and treated like I have no value, but the bottom line is, which is a thought, but it has to go into our heart, that I'm so valuable that, that God died for me. Mm -hmm. What more value could somebody have than that? But how do you get that from the head into the heart? That's the job of the Holy Spirit, you see? You know, and that... And, and that heals some of the distortions that I have no value. Because if something has no value, you'll treat it poorly, you see? But something has great value, then you treasure it and you treat it well. So people that, that grew up as having no value, you see, then there's, they have no uh, restrictions on how they would treat themselves. Yeah, if I could wish anything for anybody, that they would know that they are accepted, they are secure, and they are significant in their relationship with God, that he sent his son yeah. Jesus. Like, that's the identity that we have. And when I disagree with that, that that's where pride comes in, right. that I think too highly of that, that yeah. more than what God thinks of me, of myself, or think yeah. I think too lowly because yeah. I'm disagreeing, that I'm not accepted or I'm not secure or I'm not right. significant. So how do you get that from knowing to living. But that's why you're here to help me. Yeah. <laughs> but you see what I mean, though? Yeah. No, yeah. You see? How does that impact how I really live and when, yeah. when that identity it's an, is? See, it's not a knowledge, that knowledge. It's an experience. You see? And, and, and my, you know, it begins with being born again. Where, you know, it's, I won't give you my testimony on that, but, it, it's, it's, but, but that's where I, I have a new direction and guidance in my life, you know, where before I was lost and just confused, had no ambition, had no nothing, didn't know what my talents were. And then once that experience happened to me, I started to uncover my true self, see? And it's been not an easy journey, but it's, but what an adventure. I think, I think the last great adventure is serving God because you don't have a clue on where you're going to go or what you're going to do, you know? And he may take you in places that angels fear to tread, which is what's good for the ADD guys, you know? Because <laughs> they're not going to be good, you know, attachment disorder, those kind of things. They're not going to be good pew sitters. you got to give them something <laughs> dangerous to do, you know? And then they're all in on that, you see? Okay. Hey, Michael, um, sorry. A couple of dots are just, like, connecting for me. You said, like, true beliefs... Like you can't just know those, you have to experience those. And then that's how it really sinks in our heart. And we're just thinking about the limbic system and all we've talked about with that, it's like the limbic system only, like it doesn't learn by logic, it's an experience. Experience. So it's just like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When we talked about before, the experience that heals, you know, a wounded heart is that somebody makes them feel important again. And that's how God works through people. You see? And especially meaning, value, and purpose. That someone is mentoring me in such a way that they see something in me that I can't see. You know? But they must see it 
or they wouldn't invest the most important thing and the only thing that heals the limbic system. The only thing that makes me feel value is time. When you invest your time in me, see, that is value. You can give me money, you can give me cars, you can give me toys, you can give me all this kind of stuff, you know, show your love that way. But when you give me time, say, that shows me that I'm important. Nothing else works. That's, I mean, it just is so much is clicking for me, even why we have commonality of language and who we're trying to help and all this kind of stuff. It's like, we say a lot, grace plus truth plus time. Like, we have to have it. Yeah. Like it's, you know, there's no magic switch right. in that. So, yeah. yeah, thanks. Everybody wants a piece of the pastor. So how do you do that? <laughs> have a lot of really good, have a great team. <laughs> Grace plus truth plus time. Raise up a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, we're what? both like, oh, wow. What now? <laughs> uh no, I just think it's so funny that that section starts off with the simplest statement mm-hmm. that you look at and you're like, oh, well, you know, duh, thoughts and beliefs create emotions that drive behaviors. But I clearly don't believe that and haven't internalized it because I constantly just try and fix my behaviors. <laughs> oh, and it's, well, just like, it's, it's such a downstream yeah. problem and you got to go all the way upstream. And it's. It's interesting because even, you know, a lot of times you, you think like, okay, well, well, I only do that though when I'm blank and it's right. when I'm feeling blank. And so you get to the emotion, which is helpful, but both of those, like the emotion and the behavior are literally just data. Like I, I get data, analyze the data, and it leads me back to the actual problem. Right. And that's a huge shift in thinking because mm-hmm. it also makes me really compassionate for other people whose behavior I dislike. <laughs> Honestly, like if you think about it that way too. Like I can have more grace for myself because I got to do some real internal work, but also mm-hmm. I got to stop being so annoyed at people's behavior. Yeah, it's just that's just some more, yeah, a little side have, note yeah. there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it, that is such a simple graphic, even of just mm-hmm. like the cascading of like thoughts and working backwards. You know, mm-hmm. like oh, the way that we act is rooted in how we feel, and our feelings are rooted in what we believe. believe. That's it. But yeah. uh, but it feels really hard to mm-hmm. unearth the beliefs. Right. We even got one of those questions, you know, what happens when something happens when I'm two? Like tra- traumatic incidences. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael talks a lot about what happens in the first nine to 12 months of life being so unbelievably impactful and so trajectory setting, which is terrifying. But uh, what do we do? How do we get in touch with that part of right. ourselves? Especially yeah. if it is subconscious. Mm-hmm. So. He's going to, is it in next week, protective personality? Yeah. So uh, next week. He's going to, I mean, next mm. week we'll get to watch him lead the panel through an exercise. It is fascinating. That That is probably the one of the ways you would uh-huh. start to tap into the stuff that you're not cognitively right. aware of. Right. Right. So. Well, the, it's even interesting. We, we talked about it. I just cut mm-hmm. you off. Sorry. But um, it was interesting because it's like, how do you get in touch with the nonverbal part of yourself from when you were two. But the interesting thing is the limbic system, as we learned first or second session, is also nonverbal still. Right. So the the <laughs> things that my limbic system imprints, those negative experiences, are still nonverbal. And so all the experiences are the things that I hopefully can call back to as memories, but also we've, we construct it. We still have to get to it in a in an indirect way because mm-hmm. I can't talk to my limbic system. I can only drum up the experience and then see what I can do to attach words to it. It's fascinating. Right. We, and from I mean from the Christian perspective, um this is this is why I think like under like 
why understanding the Bible, like learning mm. the Bible, memorizing scripture mm. can be such a powerful thing when I think yep. about like how I've listened to Dallas Willard talk through some of this stuff. And he, he, he walks through like why once you identify your feelings, like you can, you can start to invite scripture, God's word into mm. rewriting. And I'm like, oh, it's because he's, he's actually just intuitively going like, because that's what's going to change your beliefs. Right. It's inviting God and the Holy Spirit into that level. To Not, rewrite the hey, truth. Yeah. Keep me from being angry. Right. But to go way back into like, what are the beliefs that I have? Or the, mm -hmm. I think the word he used, which is great, survival lies. Yeah. Uh, distorted beliefs that come from painful experiences. Right. That have now created a belief system right. that maybe the, you know, God's word can speak into. Yeah. Um, and help correct. So, you know, it's, yep. that's pretty, pretty great. So that's this, great. These sections keep getting shorter and keep getting deeper. Yeah, it's so true. It's, they're they're yeah. uh, they're they're like mud. You got to wade through them, but also really good mud. It's not the best <laughs> metaphor. Yeah, on that note, like a facial cleanse type uh, of mud. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly what Saved I was going for. for facial yeah. cleanse, deep cleanse. Uh, no, so this last one, <laughs> we I don't have any idea. Sure. Uh, so we've got a short video uh, to end tonight uh, that I think has the potential, honestly, to bring a lot of clarity for us as we start drilling down to these false beliefs that can feel like just a minefield right i'm walking into the great vast unknown of my subconscious but luckily uh michael's done a lot of work to give us sort of a head start on that and that's kind of where we'll end off tonight or end up tonight and i think it's a really helpful place to start and go into the week so here we go false beliefs will create false destructive emotions thoughts and destructive behaviors okay so so what foundational fears and belief might explain some of the problems in our society, okay? So what do you think a man's greatest fear is or belief system? I mean, this is from my experience. I, you know, I'm 30 years of doing this, this is the most common one, okay? Not being good enough for trying something it. and failing? Yeah, I don't have what it takes, okay? I'm not enough. Once I discovered this, it explained so many mysteries to me. One of them, why, why do men love war? Women don't create wars. <laughs> men create wars. And, they, you know, that war comes up and they volunteer and they have bands and movies and, you know, and, you know, you know and they glorify war all the time, you know. Why? Because I think it's the ultimate experience to see if I have what it takes. When it comes to band of brothers and charge the machine gun nest, am I gonna have what it takes, see? And I look forward to that as a man, see? But men are at their best when they're most challenged, see? Yeah, you know, battle, you know, little kids, swords and things, you know, they, you know, they wanna challenge, see? And that's one thing we need to do with especially young people we need to give them a challenge, see? especially the boys, because that's where they become most alive. So the other one, extreme sports. Okay? Now, I used to live up near Tahoe, and they have something up there called the Death Ride, right? And it's 136 miles with 24,000 feet of climbing. It's got five climbs, right? And, and they have to turn people away. It's the most grueling, painful, awful experience. But what it's about is that last climb, which is 13 miles, average 8%, over 9,000 feet in elevation, right? Am I going to have what it takes? 
There's only one way to find out. And this way, this way we're wired in, in the belief system. And of course, sexuality and porn. You know, men are much more vulnerable and insecure sexually than than women are, because we're performance oriented. You know, am I going to have what it takes? You know, there's a great fear and insecurity about that. You know, it's uh, uh, it's it's you know, you see ads all over the place you know, in newspapers and magazines about sexually enhancing energy and pills and, you know, and, and, you know, Viagra and, you know, size enhancements and all these kinds of things, you know. It's because they play on this fear. If we removed this belief system, if it wasn't there anymore, people didn't believe that anymore, you see, I wouldn't constantly have to be testing myself, trying to find out who I am as a man and, you know, and, and who I have courage and fear and my identity. Okay? I went through a lot of that, you know, a lot, I've had, like I said, 27 surgeries trying to overcome my fears and, and do this kind of stuff. So I didn't learn this stuff in books. Okay? So a woman's greatest fear, from my experience, okay, is I'll always be alone, I'll never be loved. Because women... Their basic heart and nature is they're created, they're nurturers, okay? And so, how does that affect us, you know? This, this fear that I'll always be alone, I'll never be loved, you know? There's something wrong with me. So, I would have, um, so if, like, there was somebody watching that's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a woman, but that's not mine. Are you saying in general, this is the underlying belief or fear for yeah. most, but not all? Or is it, when you dig down, have you found... From my experience, down at the bottom, that women want to nurture. Yeah. Okay? And that that's that's a God-given gift, you see? Yeah. Like, you know, men want to conquer. <laughs> right. you know, women, women need to nurture. See? Yeah. And so anybody that may be a little defensive right now, like, well, that's not my biggest fear. Okay. You could say that may, you may be... There may be some covering of that that was somehow a bad thing from your childhood right. to be that. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. Well, I'm talking generalities, yeah. too, okay. from my experience. You know? Great. Awesome. Yeah. But, but one thing, this belief system explained a lot of things. Like, you know, women need to be attractive, right? That's one of their biggest things they, they need to be, see? And so what does the word mean? To attract. See? And because what do we want to attract is attention. And a lot of that first attraction is sexuality. Is sexuality. You know, wow, she's hot. You know, that's the first impact. Eh? So women are going to incredible extremes. It also creates eating disorders. I work quite a bit with bulimia and, and anorexia. And usually the belief system behind it is if I gain weight, I'll never be loved. It's a huge limbic fear. Yeah. It's such a limbic fear that some of them die from it. You know, and I've had women, you know, that were, you know, five foot ten, weighed eighty-five pounds, look in the mirror and say, "I'm fat." And that's the distortion this limbic thing can do, you know, because of this fear. Okay, so of course, beauty products, you know, the whole advertising thing. How many beauty products does a woman need? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, how, going to a shower, you know, how many? Shampoos and conditioners because what head of hair possibly need, you see? But, but there's such a need 
to to nurture and create a, a home and an environment and everything. And part of that is being attractive, you see. So the advertising world creates on these insecurities, you know, about aging and all these kinds of things that, you know, that sell a lot of products, okay? And, of course, domestic violence. The women I've worked with who are in domestic or abusive environments, you know, everyone say, well, why don't you leave, right? Well, in my experience, the fear of abandonment is greater than the fear of abuse. In the Olympic system, the greater fear wins, you know? Yeah. I can't be alone. See? And once again, it works on this, you know, I need to be needed. And these people that, that's broken in them, that need to be needed, you know, who's the most needy people? It's addicts and dysfunctional people. So they gravitate towards them. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nailed it. I think, uh, and, and he's saying, just for those of you that aren't resonating, like it, mm. it does, it is generalities. The concept is spot oh, on. Totally. Yeah, well, because I also yep. would rather not be alone and unloved. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, true yeah, for yeah. all of us. For it's sure. interesting. Like it's, yep. it's what's at the core. And also I've even found it's, it's a lot easier instead of when I do try and disagree with things up here, I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't think about if it's true or not. Just ask the question, like, how true is this for me? If it's 90% true, mm -hmm. instead of arguing the 10%, I should probably deal with the 90. <laughs> right. There's a lot to deal with there. Right. So, yeah, that's that's helpful for sure. Um, oh, so interesting, too, even at the end there. It, it, and he passed by this, but he's like, the, the stronger fear wins. And right. so that idea, kind of coming back to the double bind and, and speaking specifically mm -hmm. about domestic violence and, like, why would you do something that's bad for you? It's all of us. But, like, well, because it's – it's I am not as afraid of this as I am of this. Just right. It's just so interesting to think of it that way. Uh, it shows the severity of what we're dealing with Right, and you can't, you can't necessarily reason that away. No, right? yeah, it's you not, can't logic, logic it. Well, because if we could, if it was a knowledge a problem, belief. we would all be fine. Right. We have all the knowledge in the world. It's yeah. a belief problem yep. directly associated to experiences we've right. had. Right. So there, even through that lens, it's like, well, there, it's hard to argue that there's, uh, you know, ir irrational beliefs. It's like, no, it's yeah. totally rational based on what you've experienced. That is very true. Yeah, it's not that, it, you know, it may not be true as God says it's true, but it's been true for me. Right. I learned this to be true, mm -hmm. so I, you can't argue that. Right. You just have to rewrite it. Yep. Yeah. That's... And he, he touched a little bit, this may feel like a little bit of a right turn, but he, he did he did mention uh, porn and sexuality, mm -hmm. and it's such, a, it's such an incredible um, source of pain and shame and damage in our society that mm -hmm. largely hasn't been talked about in the church setting. And so he, yeah. he has actually, we clipped it out another 10 to 15 14, minutes, 14, 14 minutes, minutes yeah. 14 minutes. And so I would encourage all of us to like, listen to it. It's if you go to missionmentor.com slash change workshop, it's, it's up right now. So right yeah. when we're done, yeah. you can so the, click the over to that. replay's not there yet, but this bonus content this section's called, there. is already there. Yep. Because he, he's, he throws out some stats in this section about mm -hmm. porn that we, I'd love for you guys to go and listen to. Um, he, he talks about 40 million Americans are regular visitors. There's 42 million websites. The annual revenue is greater than the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball combined. 40% of families in the U.S. report that yeah. porn's a problem in their home. It's got $12 billion in annual revenue. And then he goes into the effects uh, of pornography. And mm -hmm. it's, it's really mind-blowing and, and staggering 
and he said something in there that really stuck with me. He's like, our discomfort on this topic uh, sends a message that it's not safe to talk about. Right. And right, right. Uh, you and I were even chatting about this today and how, how true that is. Even at Mission, I would say we have a, we have a pretty strong recovery culture embedded mm-hmm. into our DNA. So right. if, you, right. if you come from a recovery background and you attend Mission, I know a lot of my friends in recovery have caught the language. And right. they're like, oh, you've read yeah, the big yeah. book or you know the steps. And we're like, yeah, we, we have. Like a lot of our staff have read the big book. And so this feels like a safe place where if I'm an addict with substances, I can come and talk about my, um, you know, I just relapsed and I got high on meth this weekend or, you know, I had 40 days sober and I went on a bender this right. weekend and I, and I drank. Right. And that feels safe. But when it comes to sexual addiction and pornography, mm-hmm. it, it, does, it has way more shame attached to it. And we don't feel like we can talk about our sobriety when it comes to right. porn. Right. And not even porn. I would just say sexual addiction because he talked about fantasy uh, last week. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the yeah. way that he framed that up, he even said, like, you can have the R-rated fantasy. Mm-hmm. Which I, I'm like, oh, I know where he's going because I, I had a group of guys that I was part of for a long time. And one of the, one of the, thing, one of the guys in that group said something that stuck with me. He's like, oh, I don't have a porn problem. Like, I don't – he's like, porn's not a thing. Way too many consequences attached to it. Right. Um, uh, and I've seen enough images to last me a lifetime. So I've got a <laughs> yeah, full catalog my whole life, in my right? head. So it's sexual fantasy right. is my problem. Right. Like he's like, I don't need, I don't need to watch anything new. I've got mm-hmm. all the images stored. So uh, even all these stats don't address the sexual fantasy side of this thing, right. which I think would only broaden the scope of the problem. So yeah, absolutely, there, and I would even say the stats would indicate that there's a lot of us who are engaging in this mm-hmm. that would go, yeah, me too. Like. Uh, like I if need there help was an in this opportunity area, to say me too, and we're not talking about which it, which wouldn't yeah. create the opportunity. Yep. Yep. So that's kind of what I wanted to create space for is just to say, hey, look, we we know this is a an issue and a problem that the church needs to step into and speak up about. Yeah, like guys who, uh, well, and, and now increasingly as as we find out when Michael talks about it, women as well. So people that that this isn't a problem for, whether it's in their own life or their family's life or their significant other, mm-hmm. that is the clear exception to the rule, um, right. not being a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it, it is a space we need to make more room for and, and be able to figure that out and, and right. to start by making sure this was in here. And it's, again, it's available now. So just like imagine you've got 15 extra minutes after we're done and just like go to the website click on that bonus content and then watch it. I think it's, it's, yeah. And and I would say like, that's, this has been something I would say for 15 years, I've been having conversations about and been in groups for, and just kind of talking through. And I, and I, one of the things that's been super helpful for me is know what I'm fighting for. Mm -hmm. Where like, if I'm, if I am uh, an alcoholic or I'm struggling with drugs, I know why I need, I need to stay sober. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, and I even have terms for what sobriety looks like, and then I'm trying to work into recovery. And so I would say it's the same with this conversation mm-hmm. with any type of sexual addiction. There is a, a level of sobriety. Like I need to, oh, absolutely. I need to yeah. be clear minded and sober, but I also need to focus on recovery. Right. And the, the trick, tricky part about this, I feel like is, uh, the, f- I was, you know, the fight always, and I was taught is like, just don't sin. Like you just can't sin. Don't lust. Don't do. And it's all these don'ts. Mm -hmm. And what was missing for me was the, what to fight for. Like you're actually fighting for purity. Right. Uh, and, and so one of the websites that you've linked on that page is pure desire. Yeah. We, we wanted to throw in some like three organizations that specifically helped with this area. And there are three incredible ones. Pure desire, uh, has adopted like 
almost all, I think, of Genesis principles from mm-hmm. Michael. Like oh, he yeah. and Pure they're Desire people, yeah. they're yep. intensely partnered together. Um, and they create groups. That's like their first thing is like get in a group either online or in person um, uh, that is just dedicated to this. The other two also um, have accountability softwares uh, that are fantastic. One's called Triple X Church, which is just funny um and then uh another one called covenant eyes uh they have some in, some softwares that you install on any of your devices um because there is a level of sobriety to this and if you right. think about it one of the problems which is why porn is such a, a an early problem for so many of us like it's it's kind of hard for an eight-year-old to get a hold of alcohol it at least hopefully on the house. it is totally right? depends on the house it totally depends on the house but it doesn't <laughs> really no. depend on the house <laughs> good point um when it comes to an eight-year-old finding porn for the first time it's unbelievably accessible and so you think like well, i can have some safeguards in my life for substances but the safeguards if you don't know they're there and possible yeah. they're they feel impossible yeah. like how do i not just it's yep. in my history, especially it's right like well, it's especially just, as a parent. Right to your point, like I, I never right. thought of the fact that my eight-year-old at school, may, right. that may be where he's exposed to it. Because I time. didn't get my kid a smartphone, but his, that his kid has yep. a smartphone yep. with no restrictions, and yeah, it's a whole different world. And so, um, yeah, want to make a this a uh, make it a conversation, uh, open it up, link to some of those organizations that are doing some incredible work. Um, and yeah, anything else? Anything yeah, no, I think I think we'll we'll probably come we'll probably circle back to this a, a couple yeah. of times throughout the rest of the workshop. But uh, specifically on this one, I would say, like those software we're pointing to, that would be the a picture of sobriety. Like we're right. going to put things in place to stop a behavior, mm-hmm. and I think that's where this conversation often stops short. Oh, totally. uh, is not embracing recovery as this idea of like, oh, there's something going on in my mind right. that I still need to address, and what would it look right. like to be healthy. Uh, return to a healthy human state before I was wounded by myself or yep. others in this area yep. as well. So absolutely, yeah. make so sure you check that out. Keep fighting right for the now. full thing. Yeah. Uh, last little bit, we got that bonus content plus everything else at missionmature.com slash change workshop. And that's the easiest thing to share with anybody else too. We've had a lot of people ask like, how do I get my friends signed up or whatever it is? Um, now you can just literally send it all to them. Uh, if you send them right there, they've got session one, two, and three, and then everything will just still be in that one place. Bookmark it, save it, send it around um you know as michael said in the beginning best of angelism is a changed life uh and i would broaden that out to changing so you don't have to be all the way there you just have to be on the journey headed toward freedom and that is just wildly compelling to the people in your life so if you're like i'm i'm headed that way do you want to come with me that's an incredible question to ask somebody and and, and yep. i think a lot of people will say yes to that so yep. so there's that so a couple of people asked about change groups um we're going to start gathering interest soon about change groups um we're going to be uh after the change workshop is over, uh, we're going to spend some time training facilitators. Uh, and also during the change workshop, we'll kind of gather interest for who would want to participate in a change group and then also who might be interested in learning how to facilitate one. Um, so more info uh, on that coming in the next weeks, but that is a priority for us after this is over. Uh, next week, super random, but we're going to need you to print something. Uh, if you can, or just have the document ready, we'll send it to you early if you want to print it, but it'll also be at missionmentor.com slash change workshop. So that makes it easier. And hey, next week's going to be exciting. Get excited I'm, for next yeah, week. It's going to be, it is really good. It's where we start taking all this stuff and, and you're going to get to watch Michael apply it to the panelists. And it is, uh, 
Someone cry. <laughs> it's crazy. Someone cries, it's, probably. It's going to get emotional. Just, it's going to get real. You know, make your guess. If you want to put in your bets, actually, feel free to put in your <laughs> bets on who cries uh, and who is a stone cold. Well, actually, none of them. Uh, yeah, no. Anybody who talks to yep. cries. So um, <laughs> that's all we got for you. Hope you enjoyed. We'll see you in the chat for a few minutes. Otherwise, see you next time for session four of the Change Workshop.